0: Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host... Travis McQueen. And Today, we got a q and um, I actually did a... do you see the poll I did on my yeah. story today? I've never done anything like that, but I was like, this would be cool. And I was thinking, I was like, it would be cool to learn more about who is following me so I can like better understand what I talk about that people relate to. Mm. You know, because it, it, like imagine one of the things I said, are you a parent? Yeah. If I was like creating a bunch of content about being a dad and 90% of the people who follow me don't have kids, I'd be like, oh, I'm talking about something that nobody relates to. This mm-hmm. isn't actually that helpful. I, should I probably... have a
1: hard time believing that's true. but it, It's not true.
0: Yeah. But um, my point being is like yep. I was going to s- s- put things out there and see how similar people actually are to me. It's actually wild how many of the things were actually like dead on with what I would choose and then some of them were like, I was dis like friends were
1: Seinfeld was very disappointed in that answer. Yeah. There's a lot more friends. Than or they just picked it just cause you said this one's wrong. True. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. But, there's probably a
0: lot of assholes like you that, yeah. <laughs> that would do that.
1: I mean, you set yourself up. For I should. It.
0: Yeah, I know I should click it and see, and it's probably like all my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, cardio preference, uh, high intensity interval training or, or less, less uh, low intensity steady state. So hitter versus less, uh, right now. And there's, Already a thousand people, which is crazy because I just posted it three hours ago. So that's actually pretty quick to a thousand. Uh, a thousand people didn't vote. A thousand people saw it. I don't know how many people voted. Um, <laughs> hundreds of people voted though. That's dope. Uh, list is winning right now, sixty percent versus forty. For sure, that's exactly what I would have chose. Um, I, but I was actually surprised. Most people I thought would hit, pick hit because hit's like fast. It's time efficient. You get it done quick. It's like sprinting versus walking slow. Okay. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, no. it's more exciting, I figure, yeah. people. But usually people think less is so boring they won't do it. But I feel like, I don't know. Um, grains versus potatoes. What's
1: what the you know? difference? So grains is I'm just, like... That's a stupid question, but... Rice, potato is a grain. oats... No, it's not. It's not? It's oh, a tuber. Well, there you go. <laughs> a what? Tuber.
0: It's a root vegetable. Whoa. <laughs> Tubers would be sweet potatoes potatoes, <laughs> uh, squash. Okay. So like they're all carrots. They're all pumpkins. Yeah. The starchier it is, the more of a tuber it is, the less starchy it is, the more of a, uh, just root vegetable it is, like carrot. Okay. Um, and then grains, rice, oats, all that kind of stuff. I would, I chose grains. Yeah. I, I love oats and rice,
1: but people, way more people voted
0: potatoes. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. I hate oatmeal. I feel like grains is such a wide variety. Well, rice, God, see, rice, see, I hate oatmeal, but I love rice. And bread. That's amazing. <sighs> Yeah, you're right. Pasta? Yeah. That's the grains is mm-hmm. very diverse. I mean you could technically make potato based
1: po- pasta, but Ew. That sounds interesting. <laughs> I'm maybe not. They ew, make but potato flour for people who who are intolerant to grains and gluten. yeah i like I'm, I w I'm I'm gonna go with the grains. Yeah. Except oatmeal. I I don't know. You don't like oatmeal? Not like just No. They love oatmeal. You know
0: what's crazy? And I'm not mad at this because <laughs> it's a very healthy thing for her to do, but Blakely will eat plain dry oatmeal. oatmeal with no flavor. Not like the cinnamon the water? sugar. Nothing. Whoa. Just like, you know the, like you can buy bulk oats where it's yeah. there's no flavor. It's just purely just That's oats. what I don't like. Yeah. Well, I can make a bowl oatmeal with that, but I got to put like cinnamon and maybe some butter or I got to have like berries and shit in it, peanut butter. I can't just have plain oatmeal. There's got to be flavor. Blakely, the other night, she, she'll do this every once in a while, but the other night, she literally was like, Dad, can I get a snack before bed? I was like, yeah. Bring her in. I'm expecting her to go point at like the chocolate muffins or the cookies like she used as she's like i want those with nothing on it it's like all right and i just gave her a fat bowl of plain dry oatmeal no flavor and she spooned that whole thing down (laughs) no water to wash down nothing (laughs) and then uh, lately she's been eating plain bagels no cream cheese nothing dude just she doesn't even break it in half she just takes the whole fucking thing just starts chewing it away (laughs) You should eat a bagel a day that's interesting very interesting i don't know how her mouth doesn't get super yeah
1: very gross yeah
0: Peanut butter, plain peanut butter, nothing with fire. it. Fire, Good, but you got to have like milk or something to wash it down. I guess. She doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. She's an interesting child. Um, I mean, this one it was a given. Best pet, dog versus cat. Yeah. There is literally, it's freaking 90% dog, 10% yeah. cat. Losers. <laughs> Just Cats are cool. Actually, I was, I was getting tattooed yesterday, and we were talking about this, and I literally was like, I was like, uh, he was like, Do you have cats? And I was like, no, I'm allergic to cats, and fuck cats, I hate cats. They're sneaky, you can't trust them, and he was like, yeah, I got two. And I was like, I mean, they're cool, man, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so funny. He was like, no, bro, I don't care, like, I'm all, I I love my dog, because yeah. he has a dog as yeah. well, and he was like, we've that just dogged the died. cats.
1: Because he had to cancel him. No,
0: he uh, survived. Oh, wow. She survived, but they had to take him. Take her, like, all the way to Mercer Island from Ellensburg for this, like, special vet. Whoa. Yeah. It was, like, fucked up. Yeah. Whatever was going on, I don't know. Yeah. Survived. It's a Dalmatian. Ooh. It's a trip. It's kind of a trippy
1: dog. Yeah. Um, it hangs out in the shop. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Most of the time. Um, I'm assuming you pick dog. Uh, You're not an animal guy, but. Yeah.
1: Dog? Yeah. Okay. Beer or wine? Um, are you asking me these questions? Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I can't I can't answer dog or cat or beer or wine
0: dog or cat I could see that you wouldn't answer yeah. I could see you saying cat because they probably leave you alone more but I um, love my cat.
1: <laughs> I cried when I thought I lost it
0: you you didn't like animals period true until you met Joe's. true um Not but love them. beer or wine I feel like if I would have asked you a couple years ago you would have said beer for sure percent now it's way harder yeah same with me yep love wine I love wine yeah I'm a huge wine guy yeah i I think I would choose wine you know what wine you only guy? have one. you know what a big wine guy is called? A wino? Yep. Actually, it's not. You know what a wino actually is? No. And I actually had to Google this because I thought that too. What? A wino is is an alcoholic who drinks cheap wine. Oh. If you actually Google the definition, I guess. Yeah. Um. Because I was I was about to use the term wino and I was like, oh fuck, I don't want to say I drink a bunch of cheap wine. Yeah. But
1: I enjoy. Yeah. Nice wine. Because there, I guess you would be called like a wine connoisseur if you're, you know what I mean? I think that's like an expert. True. Yeah. Anyway, a whiskey connoisseur or something. Um.
0: Parent, that's one. Uh, More people are not a parent, actually. Very close. It is 53% of people are not a parent. 47 are. Uh, A hell of a lot more people are taken than single. 80% to 20% single. Oh, just exit out. Um, There's a lot of good ones, though. Energy drinks. Do you want coffee or energy drinks? Coffee. I hate energy drinks. Love energy drinks, obviously. But 75% of people like coffee. Yeah. Uh, books, audio, or hard copy? Dude. What po- do you think? Podcasts or books? Basically. Uh, I, I said books, books. But hard copy. Yeah. 80% of people said that too. Yeah. I feel like audiobooks, I love podcasts, but audiobooks are hard because it's more dry. Like conversational podcasts are so easy to listen yeah. to. But when I'm listening to audio audiobook, I get distracted so easy. Yeah. I have to have a hard copy. Um, music for lifting too, rap or rock. 60% rap. Forty percent rock. Yeah, either it's 50 for me. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't make a choice on that one. And then, ooh, Seinfeld's catching up, doing a little bit better. Thirty five percent, sixty five percent. Still said Friends.
1: I thought this was a Q and A. It is, but I'm just sharing with people.
0: Um, Actually, I don't see any of my. Dude,
1: friends. I, I listened to a podcast today. Dude, I, I've been listening to like a whole podcast a day. Sometimes it's, eight, I mean, sometimes it's like twenty minutes, and the next day I'll do twenty minutes. And mm-hmm. but I listened to this podcast today about. This guy that, so, like, there's a thing where, like, if you walk on concrete or you walk on the beach or something, like, that feeling of the earth. Grounding? Grounding, mm-hmm. yeah. And this guy, d- like, developed a mat, like a yoga mat thing or something that you you lay on for, like, 15, 18 minutes, and it's, like, the equivalent of, like, four to five hours on walking on the beach. How? Wow. I don't know man it's he was like the frequencies and the energy that the the earth puts through your body that i don't know if i buy that
0: shit man i've heard it like i can't i can't disprove it yeah i can't but i've heard a lot about it so like this is this would actually be a good one for a research review yeah um Maybe just grounding in general. I think they do
1: do research
0: on it. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Like, that's why it would be good for research review. Because sometimes research is like, so for example, there could be a grounding study funded by that guy who developed that grounding. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it's like, uh, and they have to look into it and you can find errors with it. Um, But I would love for Brandon to dig into that. Because I I could see Brandon as a non-believer of that. Yeah. So I would love for him to try to disprove it. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of 50-50 because I believe in some woo-woo stuff and like... There's a spiritual side of me that like believes in energy and, yeah. and stuff, but there's some stuff that's just so crazy. I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's like, uh, I saw this post yesterday <laughs> It was uh, because yesterday was the second month, 22nd day, 2020 year. So it was like two, 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 two. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And this person was like, this is the, uh, the highest frequency day in history, and you're going to have better luck, better motivation. But It was just like going on this clarity and all these things, and I was just like, bro, come on. Like, what do you have to prove this? This hasn't happened in oh yeah, uh, two million years? Yeah. You don't know that. Like, fuck out of here. It head. is pretty wild, though.
1: It is kind of wild. That we're alive when it happened. It is a wild I thing. was sitting there, like, thinking yesterday. I was like, when's the next one going to be? It's going to be 3 3 Three, three, three thousand thirty-three. So a thousand years away. Over that. Thousand ten years. Yeah. Thousand eleven years. Eleven years. (laughs) Yeah. There you go.
0: (laughs) That's still crazy though, dude. But uh, (laughs) yeah. But I'm just like, okay. But then you got to go back to who invented the fucking calendar.
1: Why do we have to go back to that?
0: Because, what, I mean, what's the science behind 365 days, 24 hours, when that was created? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. The Earth didn't start on that day, so really there's nothing high frequency about this. No, it just no, 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 happens no. to fall on the day yeah. that the guy who invented, the guy who decided that a year should be 365 days. Correct. Which, I don't know. I don't know the history it. I don't know either. Nope. 24 hours a day makes sense because it's based on the sun. Like, we understand that. Yeah. You know, 12 and 12. It's yeah. It's like, wait, you know, so it's yeah. like, that makes sense, but...
1: But who came up with minutes and who came up with seconds and hours? Yeah, someone just sit there and watch the sun. Like, who came <laughs> up with minutes? Yeah, that took twelve hours. What does that
0: mean? <laughs> What's an hour? Yeah, <laughs> I just made it up. Yeah, caveman or something. Yeah. I was talking to Shannon about that yesterday because like, there's so many things in life. Like, why is that called a window? Yeah, don't even go down that <laughs> road. Because <laughs> John Window the Third invented it. Probably, yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah, but like, and then you, and then, and then I was like, to take. It's so funny. I was like, take it a step further. You would have think I was like stoned out of my mind. But yeah. I wasn't at all. I was driving home with my family. <laughs> I was like, uh, take it a step further. How do you even say window? Your mouth and tongue are moving and that comes out and you know what it means? You know what I mean? Like yeah. words are just things that your mouth creates out of movement from vibration. It's Very weird. But it's weird. Talking has been around since the day one. I know. But it's, it's a very weird thing. I guess. We talk, that you, your mouth moves and I know what you're trying to tell me. You also know the language English. Yeah. Where did the language go Exactly. (laughs) Go down a rabbit hole.
1: All right, dude. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why we don't smoke weed. I'll speak for myself. (laughs) Um, Let's start with the (laughs) Q&A, guys. We got a couple questions here from Facebook and one from Instagram. We're going to start one with Sarah Crowhurst. It says, I am carrying more body fat... No, it says I'm carrying more fat on my lower body than I want on my thighs. Let me start this over. Okay. The first question comes from Sarah Crowhurst. It says carrying more fat on my lower body than I want. Upper body, meanwhile, is extremely lean. Do not I do not want, wish to lose any more weight. Do you have any advice? How do I lean my legs out more without dropping more weight? Um, there's
0: There's like there's a couple disappointing answers I have for you. And then I have some like good feedback that's applicable, like a coaching perspective, I should say. Um, we'll start with the bad, the disappointing answers for you. Unfortunately, (laughs) number one, uh, whether, you know, we want to or not, we can't spot reduce body fat. So, Essentially, what I'm telling you is that no matter what you do, like, you, you literally, you can't just decide to lose fat on your legs. And? Did that work? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I tried to set that one up yeah. really bad. Um Semi-dad joke for you guys out there. Uh, but it's true. You, you really can't decide, unfortunately. Like, if I could if I could decide, I would purposely decide to lose fat around my stomach, and I would let my legs get a little fatter because I don't nobody sees my thighs, and they're pretty fucking lean, yeah. you know? Um, but that's just how the human bodies work. And I think we talked about this recently with, like, ancestrally. Like, it makes sense if you go back in history of, like, guys tend to store it around their trunks or their low backs, love handles, and stomach because, like that's the smartest place to protect you Mm -hmm. is like from organs and things that can kill you versus women are going to be on their hips and legs because that's reproductive area. And that's what allows us to progress in life. Um, Now that's a theory based on the history of humankind. So take it with a grain of salt. I believe it to be true. But the point is, is we, our bodies are set up that way from the start, hormonally, physiologically, physically. It's just, it's just the way it is. And it's, it's going to be very hard for us to change that. There is, I think like literally one study that semi-proved body fat spot reduction, which is what it's called. So spot reduction being like, I want to lose fat on my thighs and nothing else. And what they did in the study is essentially, uh, I want to say they targeted the triceps and the core um, and maybe the legs they did too. But basically what they did is like, for example, they have a cardio session. That is geared towards fat loss and they're going to track calories burned and where those calories were burned from, AKA the stored fat that was burned to do that cardio, um, using whatever software technology they had in the the lab. But before they did the cardio, they did a bunch of crunches. So they brought blood flow, oxygen, tension, and everything to the abdomens. And then they performed that cardio to see if they could localize where the energy Mm. being used for cardio was coming from. And they did say, see an increase in reduction of body fat there. Um, it was enough to signal on the study, but from every single intelligent coach and researcher that has reviewed it, it is not significant enough to even worry about, Mm -hmm. nor is it, is it significant enough or maybe even believable enough? I haven't gone through the study enough, um, to recommend it. You know, if it was something that was actually powerfully demonstrated in that study, All of us coaches would be constantly setting up people to do crunches or, in her case, air squats before they do cardio because we'd know we'd be able to spot reduce fat there. It's just not how it works. Your body's going to preferentially burn fat where it is being stored most but also where it is uh, willing to burn it off first. So again, for example, as a male, I tend to get really lean in my upper back, arms. And legs before anywhere in my trunk. So I'll see like a lot of definition in my traps, my shoulders, my arms, my forearms will be crazy. I'll have, I literally will have veins in my quads and I don't have a single ab yet. You know, it just, it's just the way it works. And I don't give a shit about how my quads look because I don't wear short shorts. So it doesn't matter. But that's just how I'm physi- physiologically designed as a human. So unfortunately you can't spot reduce. Um, again, I'm gonna give you some practical tips. But the second thing is that you cannot not lose weight if you wanna lose fat. You know, it, it's, I mean, you can if you're recomping, but it's, that's going to be a very slow process to fat loss. So she said, how do I lose body fat in my lower body without losing weight? Well, you really can't, right? That's like, how do I go into a calorie deficit and not lose weight? You can't. That's a law of thermodynamics. If you're actually in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. It's probably going to be body fat unless you go too dramatic with it or you're not consuming enough protein. But – Unless you're a newbie or you've been doing something like Olympic lifting for your entire lifting career and now you're just now switching to a high-volume hypertrophy program, Mm -hmm. Um, in other words, something that's dramatically different, or you're brand new to lifting – Either one of those scenarios, you probably could accomplish that because you would build new muscle tissue at a a significant rate while losing some body fat if you were in a mild deficit. And that would lead to building muscle, losing fat, and you'd maintain weight. But 90% of people listening to this aren't going to do that. You're going to lose weight if you lose body fat. So I would, one, accept that you're probably not going to spot reduce. Two, accept that you're probably going to lose some weight as well. Even if you only have five pounds to lose, just accept that you're probably going to lose some weight. If you want to lose body fat, you have to be willing to lose weight. Just like if you really want to build muscle, you also have to accept potentially gaining a little bit of weight because muscle tissue being added to your body, it weighs pounds. <laughs> you're just going to, it's going to happen. Um, now, my practical advice for you would be to go into a mild deficit, so nothing too crazy. Um, and then I would increase the frequency in the volume of leg training. So if we can take a little bit from that study, maybe we're not gonna take that study and try to run with it to the point where you're doing like like a ton of glue bridges and air squats and then running a bunch and you're not trying to spot reduce like that. But at the same time, maybe there's something to bringing blood flow to that muscle group more often. Um, you might build some muscle, but you might also be bringing attention to the muscles constantly. And And to add to that, if you think about just generally caloric expenditure, which is the goal here. If we're trying to lose fat in general, we want to do things that are going to allow us to create the biggest deficit, which means a combination of dieting and exercise that allows us to burn a lot of calories. Leg training is going to burn the most calories. I can guarantee you that because your glutes, quads and hamstrings are some of the biggest muscles in the body, especially for a female, which means you're probably going to, uh, you're probably going to utilize the most stored energy to perform heavy weightlifting for those body parts. So I would be doing a full body program One, because a full body program has been shown in studies to burn, uh, burn more calories. Um, I don't always think it's worth it because sometimes people recover better and adhere better and enjoy an upper lower split more. Um, Actually, that was one of the questions I skipped in the poll, upper lower versus full body. More people said upper lower, which is right aligned with what I would choose to. Full body does tend to burn more calories, but also it allows you to hit your legs three, four, five times per week without even including cardio and that might help you burn more calories and bring more blood flow into that area and then just create a mild deficit. You know, like, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you you probably have one of those, like, have you ever heard pear shape when they're about- a Like female? a physique? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the reason they say that is because there is a lot of women who when they lose weight, they lose weight up top first and they st- generally stay pretty lean and they gain weight around their hips. It's a pear shape, but yep. that's very, it's just physiologically- common so it's one of those things where you might just have to spend a little more time and deficit I've seen plenty of people they lose the easy way to lose which in her case is the upper body and then they get to the stubborn weight and they get frustrated and they give up and I'm here to say like hey just hang in there wait a little bit longer be patient maybe add these things in small deficit high protein full body training um, doing low intensity cardio not too much high intensity cardio and because especially because you're doing full body you're not going to recover well from that and just be patient it's just a time game yeah. it's the same thing with me. if like if i want to get lean everywhere but my core like it doesn't take long it doesn't take much it's very easy if i want to get like, shredded it's always harder it takes longer it's hard for me to adhere to because i need to eat a low calorie diet just part of it so it's it's really just one of those things do you want it bad enough not to sound like a hardcore fucking yeah. bro but kind of what it comes down to yeah. and it's just patience totally, totally.
1: so cool All right, we will go to the next question from Facebook, and it's from Victoria Narez. It says, how long should someone that is 50 pounds overweight be in a caloric deficit? So
0: let's do some math real quick, because we could literally, if you want me to give you my most health-conscious scientific answer. um, So let's say, cent... Oops, 50 times 75. What is it? Uh, oh, I can't do this equation without the total weight. So I guess it depends on your total weight. That's the first thing. I was going to say, you could, like, the, the answer is typically <clears throat> 0.5 to 1%, so let's say 0.75% of total body weight loss per week. Mm. Divide 50 by that. Um, I was going to do the math for you, but... I don't know, how. are you 250 pounds and you're 50 pounds to lose, or are you 200 pounds and have 50 pounds to lose? You know what I mean? It completely depends on that. Um, but generally, like, if even if you, like, most people, it ends up being like about a pound to two pounds at most. So let's just say um, a pound and a half per week is, like, the goal for loss for somebody like that. Um, and towards the tail end, it's maybe, like, one pound. But even then, that's 50 weeks at, excuse me, at most, 30 weeks at least. So that's a six-month diet minimum. 24 weeks to six months. Yep. So, at least six months, but it could be longer. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, 0.5 to 1% of total body weight isn't that much. If you're 200 pounds, that's one to two pounds per week. Once you drop 25 of those pounds, now it becomes like 0.8 to 1.75 or whatever it is per week. So, it drops as your weight drops. But generally, that's a pretty slow and steady approach. Um, But that's what's going to be sustainable. So if you want your body to adapt in a favorable way to where when you finally lose that 50 pounds, you can actually keep that 50 pounds off, you have to go that slow, sustainable route. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to keep it off, plain and simple, because your body will adapt unfavorably, and you will just rebound. So if you were to drop three to five pounds per week and try to do it as fast as you could, by the time the diet stops, you're going to rebound. You're going to binge. You're going to be craving things. You're going to be weak in the gym. Like It's just not going to work. You're going to blow back up, and that's why – the higher percentage of people who lose weight gain it back, right? I like to believe there's like that statistic that 80% of people who lose weight end up gaining it back afterwards. And I, I believe that. I just think that it's more likely that there's a lot of people who gain it back and then lose it again that aren't counted for or they don't seem counted for because technically I would be in that percentage because I tried different things when I first started and yep. I gained the weight back and then I lost it again, you know, and now I'm here sustaining the weight loss years later. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't always like that percentage, but it, even though it is based on research because I think it can discourage people. Um, Cause they're like, well, what's special about me? Actually, I think it's 95% of people. Damn. Yeah. Cause I used to break content about being a five <coughs> percenter and yeah. that was the whole thing. And I think it can discourage some people. It can fire some people up. But just know that, like, even if you are in that 95%, it doesn't mean you're not going to lose it again in yeah. forever. But um, point being is, I, you just do the math. 0.5 to 1% of total body weight loss per week. Slow and steady. Keep it off. Most likely 50 pounds is going to be at least six months. And that's because you're taking refeeds and diet breaks and you're doing it in a sustainable manner. Even if, though, you had to diet for 12 months, you dieted for a full fucking year, I don't see anything wrong with that As long as you're taking diet breaks, you're managing your health, you're training in the gym, you're doing the things necessary to take care of your body while you're accomplishing that weight loss Um, because nobody can sustain a a big deficit for 12 months straight. You would just burn out. You would be stressed beyond belief. You would be atrophying muscle. But if you're taking diet breaks and refeeds, you're strength training, you're eating enough protein, you're going the slow and steady pace by not losing too much per week, there's nothing wrong with being in a deficit for 12 months. Now, if I was in a deficit for 12 months, I would be very unhealthy. I don't think that would be good for me uh, because I don't have that much weight to lose. So it would be putting myself in a stressful physiological state for no reason for 12 months straight. But for somebody who has a lot of weight to lose, every pound lost and every day in a deficit is actually getting you closer to a healthier place. And I think that's where, what people forget. In fact, if you look at the research, <clears throat> a calorie deficit prolongs your life. So longevity is associated with calorie deficit. If you're in a surplus, it's actually associated with shortening your life, yep. you know, um, metabolism, testosterone, all these kind of things that we strive to increase are actually things that progress life physiologically speaking, faster, and they actually age us quicker, <laughs> you know, so, um, which is, I mean, if you think of the easiest way to think about this with testosterone, for example, when a kid hits puberty, testosterone kicks in and they age quick, yep. they grow, they get hair, they're deep, their voice deepens, they all of a sudden start building muscle and gain weight. I mean, think of how quick that aging is. So if you keep testosterone high, and this is why people who abuse steroids die early is because, um, they have too high of a lot of these levels. Now, a lot of those guys also take a lot of things that enlarge different organs and that leads to failure of certain organs. But point being is if we speed up the aging process too quickly, that's what happens. Now, if we look at metabolism, technically metabolism is also speeding things up. Metabolism speeds cell turnover. It speeds caloric expenditure. It speeds all these things up. That leads to technically that it doesn't lead to longevity, right? Yeah. And that's part of the reason why we slow down as we age. Our metabolism doesn't necessarily lower as we age. Our metabolism lowers as a byproduct of our lifestyle slowing down as we age, because as you age, you're not playing sports. You're not walking as much. You're not moving as much. Um, you're generally not as active. You're not going out it's, it's just, you know, you get older and you sit at a work desk more often. Maybe you hire people to do things for you, like landscape, all this stuff. You, you just do less as you age. And because of that. Your metabolism slows down. Yeah, but there's plenty of research to show there's 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 people who are um, between the ages of thirty to sixty who didn't slow down their activity and their metabolism stayed just as high as when they were in their twenties. Yeah, right. And there was a really good research study recently that proved this. I do think there were some biomarkers that it showed after sixty years old there are some physiological changes that actually do make certain things go down regardless of your activity level, but it's very fractional. Not as much, you know. Most people say like. I mean, we hear this all the time, like, oh, when you're my age, your metabolism won't let you do that or won't let you eat that way. Yeah. And they're like 40. And you're like, nope, actually, you're just lazy now. That's Damn. really it. Yeah. Which is cool because that study proved it and it just shows to people like, yeah, hey, that's not like an did. excuse. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can choose to continue being lean and healthy. Um, but it's interesting because like if you look at uh, intermittent fasting, a lot of research for intermittent fasting, uh, people say that it prolongs life because... Um, autophagy is increased when you're fasting and autophagy is is basically the cell regenerating itself um and it extends life but a calorie deficit increases autophagy which increases your lifespan and they don't have any study to prove that it's actually just fasting and it's not a calorie deficit because it probably isn't it's probably just calorie deficit yeah but if intermittent fasting helps you do that that's great but that's also why like those blue zones you got to wonder like what are those blue zones doing because Blue Zones, there's people that lived 120 years old all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you look at them, a lot of them do, they don't have any processed foods on their islands and shit because they're just more like their role like islands and stuff like that. So they they there's a there's an article you can read on this on Google if you search it up. But it basically shows like the commonalities of those things that you can steal from those people to actually prolong your life. Um, minimally processed foods, which usually leads to a calorie deficit naturally. Really. So probably a calorie deficit or fasting because that's autophagy. Um, more sunlight. A lot of them have jobs or things that they have to be outside for. And they're usually in sunnier places. So direct sunlight, vitamin D, all those vitamins and minerals and nutrients from the sun are going to help you prolong your life. Um, and then the third thing I do remember the other ones I don't, it's probably like physical activity and stuff like that. Cause there's less transit and buses and stuff. They actually have to move more. But one of them that was really cool is community. Mm-hmm. Like one of the big things in all the blue zones is that in every blue zone there is a a better sense of culture and community which just shows how important it is to have a a tribe of people um positivity around you it it literally helps you live longer um but what was the question was it the are we still on the fat loss from the lower body question
1: yeah no uh someone 50 pounds overweight calorie right okay um So I don't know what any of that has to do with that
0: per se, (laughs) but, um, oh, the point is, yeah, uh, they actually really fascinate the shit out of me. But, um, but the reason I was saying that is because a calorie deficit can actually be healthier. So you don't have to be afraid of going into a diet for a full year because if you have that amount of weight to lose, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You can continue dieting as long as you're doing the precautions to keep your stress and health markers good. Um, then it's, it's actually going to prolong your life. You're totally healthy. You know what I mean? So,
1: Yeah. Totally. Okay. We got one more here, guys. Uh, We will go. This one is from Linda. It says, I keep waking up in the middle of the night and I can't go back to sleep. It's driving me absolutely insane. I can't function or think. And I end up just snacking in the middle of the night, even though I'm not physically hungry. I've been low carb for many years now and it's worked wonders for me and never posed a sleep issue until the pandemic started. I tried all the biohacks and supplements, but nothing works. I'm losing my sanity and packing on the pounds like crazy. So it's discouraging and I feel gross. I've gained 30 pounds in two years. Can you help me? Okay.
0: So this question was twice as long and we, we cut some of it out just for, uh, the sense of the podcast. But the only things I want to add that we removed is when she said biohacking is like, Blue lockers, yoga, meditation, like she's done all that kind of shit. Um, as well, she brought up like hormonal issues potentially because she had um, some progesterone levels that are out of whack, but they've always been that way, but even before the sleep issues, so she doesn't think it was that. So she gave a lot of info, but I really just want to kind of keep this this answer simple, to be honest with you, and I think there's there's a few things that we can look at here. You know, she was a, uh, she is a low-carb dieter, and she's been a low-carb dieter for a long time, and she said that she's never had an issue before It works really well. I personally believe that that might be something you want to change. I think that a lot of times if somebody – okay, here's the thing. This is a blanket statement for anything, but in general, if something was working but now you're not getting the result that you used to get, it's not working. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you got to create change to create change. Like I hear this all the time. People want to lose weight. And they're not willing to change what they're doing. They're doing something with their diet or their training or whatever because they're used to it and they're comfortable with it. And they're very resistant to trying something new. But I'm like, hey, like, if you want this better result, you got to change what you're doing. Yeah. Obviously, what you're doing isn't working. Otherwise, you'd be where you want to be. So yeah. add to that. And that's just like in general, we might want to change things. Add to that. I think that the the issue with a low-carb diet um, and you know, she said she wasn't a very anxious person or doesn't live a crazy lifestyle, but if it started during the pandemic, I have a hard time believing that there isn't some extra stress, right? When the pandemic hit, you're isolated, so you get less people, less sunlight, all the things that we just talked about that help deload stress and actually live longer. On top of that, you might be moving less, and then when you go move, maybe you're doing higher intensity training. Um, If any of that is true, it could have thrown off your circadian rhythm, which is gonna throw off how well you fall asleep, and then once you start not falling asleep, now it's even worse, and it's like a cycle, Anyway, all of these things lead to higher stress, higher cortisol, worse sleep, body clock, all those kind of things, all of which carbs can help with. Mm-hmm. Carbs are going to help your recovery. They're going to help you train harder. They're going to help you recover better from training. They're going to help uh, blunt cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and they're going to help you not retain as much water and inflammation sleep better. They're going to potentially help you sleep better if it allows you to shift into a sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system tone because typically if you're stressed out, sympathetic nervous system tone is higher. And all of those things can be a trickle effect of being on a low carb diet or an intermittent fasting diet or a ketogenic diet for too long. Some people this never happens to. So I don't want to say it as a general statement because there's people who can live on a low carb diet and they do. But there's also some people that at a certain point in time, they can't manage the stress anymore and it does end up causing them issues later on. So I would switch that. I would go with a a higher carb diet. I would also really look at your training. You didn't tell us about your training, but if your training is high intensity or you're training in the afternoon, I would try to train earlier in the day. I would cut out caffeine earlier in the day. I would probably go to more low intensity cardio, maybe shift away from anything that is, is like intense, like CrossFit more towards stuff like bodybuilding or functional strength training, stuff like that. Uh, all types of training that we talk about. Um, I would do all the basic stuff. A lot of times, there's nothing crazy going on. It's like eat carbs so you can recover better, train earlier in the day so you're not wired at night. Don't drink caffeine too late. Um, eat more whole foods. Meditate. Journal. Go on walks in the sun. Like do the basic shit that we know is going to like actually cause a stress reduction. And I think you'd be fine. Yeah. Like I, I don't think it's anything crazy, most likely. Um, and there's also a lot of times too where um, you know there's people who if if it's You're going through perimenopausal symptoms or if you have PCOS or if you have thyroid dysfunction or anything like that Um, or the pandemic caused your activity to drop a lot. Like I know people who like I can't understand why I'm not losing weight. This is these calories are what I usually lose weight on. And I'm like, yeah, but the pandemic hit and you started working at home. Like, yeah, but I still go on some walks. I'm like, yeah, but you used to walk to the bus, take the bus, then walk the flights of stairs at your work. Then you take a couple walks throughout the day. Then you got to walk back to the bus, walk from the bus station to home. Then you take your dog on a walk. Like there was all these things that you don't do anymore because you sit at home and work. Yeah, You know what I mean? Um, and that could be causing this. And if that's the case, then your 1,800-calorie diet that you used to lose weight on is just – it's not going to work. You got to do 1,600 or something, you know? And this is why I actually heard uh, a reference of uh, – and we've talked about this a lot where like people – use the excuse of, I have a dysfunctional thyroid, I can't lose weight. And I have sympathy for people who have thyroid dysfunction. We worked with tons of people with that. And it is a burden. It causes some issues that make it more difficult. But there is some literature that actually shows the metabolic effect of how many calories you actually burn on a daily basis, like your maintenance caloric intake. If you have an underactive thyroid, so you have uh, hypothyroidism or anything, is about 10%. Just 10%. So if if you're in 2,000 calories... That's not that much, 1,800, right? That's, but most people don't lose weight on 2,000 calories, actually, who are listening. It's probably even less. So if you usually lose weight on 1,500 calories, it's only 150 calories less, which sucks. Now you're doing 1,350, right? But maybe you could get away with 1,450 if you do an extra high-protein diet. Who knows? But the point is, is you can still lose weight. Like that's proof right there that it's a 10% reduction, which definitely sucks. I would love to have 150 extra calories and still lose weight, but that's not, that. that's a big difference from, I can't lose weight because of my thyroid and I have to eat 150 calories less because of my thyroid, yep. you know? Um, and that could very well be a situation that we're experiencing here. There might be something going on that makes it just a little bit tougher that you just literally need to go a little bit deeper into a deficit. Um, and it's very hard for you to hear that because you're used to eating more calories. So, Yeah.
1: Totally, man. could be simple.
0: So, All right, guys. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Uh, As always, leave us a five-star rating and review on both Spotify and iTunes. And do me a huge favor. If you have not yet left a Spotify review, go do that shit. Even if you listen to us on iTunes, do us a favor. We want to grow the podcast, and that's exactly how we do it. And the cool thing about Spotify is you literally just click the star. That's it. You just leave a star. You don't leave a review. You can't even write a review. You don't got to submit it. Nothing. iTunes makes it way more difficult, and then it takes like a week to get approved, you know? I went to leave a a five-star review on our own fucking podcast, and I went to Spotify, and I just literally clicked the star button. I was like, oh, that's it. And then it immediately, like five seconds later, was like, Bing. and it like added another five-star and I was like, oh, that's super easy. So yeah. it's really simple guys. Go do us a favor and do that. Please. It makes a big difference. Um, as we go to the show and as always, if you, if you did enjoy the show, take a screenshot, post it on your story, tag me at Cody McRoom, tag at tailored coaching method. And if you're not following tailored coach method on Instagram, make sure you do so. Cause we're posting a lot more content on that page as well. All right, guys, we love you. We'll appreciate you and we will catch you next time.